Welcome to another episode of On the Mark Sports Talk with your host right here, Mark with a C. And for those keeping count, this is show number 166 in 166 consecutive weeks. Get ready for it. Get ready for it. Kanahara. (laughs) I, I hope everyone had a great July 4th. And I hope you're all set for another fabulous show this week. It's a special show because we have a guest in the wings. Michael Pollack, play-by-play announcer from the Atlantic League. Uh, Long Island Ducks is joining us. Uh, By the way, uh, Michael, this is your third time, if you're keeping track, on our show. You are with us July 9th, 2020. So it's almost uh, three years ago. And then you came back uh, for show number 109 in June of 2022. So I guess you like us. (laughs) (laughs) That's for sure. I don't know. I've known Michael and his mom, Carol, who I see is here with us today. uh, Since you were a little kid, Michael. Yeah. And a member of Temple Emmanuel and Temple Tickford in New High Park. Now, little Michael is married with an almost one-year-old son. And, of course, he's a member of the Long Island Ducks baseball team, which they play in Central Islip. So without any further ado, adieu, I give you Michael Pollack. Well, thanks so much, Mark. Uh, good to see you all again. Happy to be back on the program uh, for another edition of the show. I can't believe it's already been three times already. But uh, excited to be here and and it's a, an exciting time of year for our team, for sure. So why don't you tell us about the team and what you do behind the scenes, on the scenes. Tell us all about you, and then the boys have questions for you, or the boys and girls have questions for you. For sure, yeah. So uh, basically my role is as the vice president of communications for the team. So obviously Mark brought up one of them, that's play-by-play announcer for the team. I don't do every game, but I do the vast majority of them. Uh, I'm part of a broadcast team that also includes my assistant, Mike Moore, who is with the team right now in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, uh, as part of a six-game road trip. So we're wrapping up our series in Lancaster tonight. And then we head to Southern Maryland, Waldorf, Maryland, just outside of Washington, D.C., for a three-game series there before we come back home next week. Um, I'm also joined on the team by Chris King, who is the radio voice of the New York Islanders. And David Weiss, who's been an on-air radio personality uh, on Long Island for quite a while now, probably parts of four decades. He's been a, a radio voice on Long Island. So um, we're a pretty good group. We, we have a lot of fun together. Uh, if you've ever listened to David and myself or Mike or Chris call a game together, it pretty much turns into a comedy hour. Um, but that's okay. We enjoy that. Um, but that's only one small part of my role with the team. I do a lot of other things, including... Uh, overseeing our, our website, liducks.com, putting out press releases, handling all of the player movement with transactions, rosters, things like that. I'm not necessarily the one that, you know, reaches out and acquires players, but I'm more so the one who has to officially put the moves through to Major League Baseball and to uh, the Atlantic League. Um, so I do a lot of that, daily stat packs, game notes, press releases, box scores, um, post-game recaps, um, interviews, things like that. I coordinate all media interviews and requests that come through the organization and help fulfill those. Um, And I do a lot of other things. I help out with the sales department in terms of season tickets, sponsorships, mini plans, group sales, the uh, entire works uh, in that regard. 
Um, I help out with some community appearances that we do. I help out our promotions department. Um, so it's a lot of different things that I help out uh, with the team overseeing our social media accounts. So, but that's kind of minor league baseball. You know, nobody really just wears one hat. Um, VP of communications is my main role, but there are days where I'm helping clean up the ballpark too. So we do a little bit of everything. Yeah. I was concerned because I asked you, you know, when's the, the halfway mark? Cause you have the unique, um, uh, thing that they play a half a season right and you said it was 63 games in, in per half and 63 right. games in the second half is a strange number for a total of 126 and the winner of the first half um, automatically makes the playoffs right so uh, that's it's not totally uncommon in minor league baseball um, but in the Atlantic League that's the way it works you know two half seasons the first half champions in each division get guaranteed playoff berths, and they have the right to choose in the first round of the playoffs whether they'd want the first two games of the series at home or game three and possibly four and five at home. Um, so that's one of the benefits you get of, of winning the first half. And, and Mark brings up a good point. It's an exciting time. We have two games left in the first half, uh, and right now we're one game back of first place, and we own the tiebreaker with the team in front of us, which is the York Revolution. So essentially – what we need to do is win tonight in Lancaster, win tomorrow in uh, Southern Maryland, and hope that York loses one of their two games at home, either tonight against Charleston or tomorrow uh, against the Lexington Counterclocks. Or York can lose both of those games, and we would only need to win um, one of the two. So that's kind of where we're at in the in the dogfight for the first half championship. Uh, we, we've won each of our last two games in Lancaster where we struggled earlier this year, but York just can't seem to lose. So that's been kind of the frustrating part of this uh, week thus far. And uh, we'll see what happens over these next two nights. Yeah. And, and I was just checking, and I'll, I'll be up done in a second, and the other guys could do some talking too. Sure. That, uh, I, I was checking, Newsday always has the, uh, the standing, maybe every other day, it's not even every day. But I checked the standings, and, and since the season began, and I noticed this Frederick Baseball Club, which is now called Spire City. What Correct. the heck? What happened? What's going on there? The ghost towns, they're called. <laughs> right. So uh, it's kind of an interesting story. So we have to kind of go back to last year. But last year, we had nine teams in the league, and we, we were looking for a tenth. Um, and essentially, the owner of at the time, they were known as the Lexington Legends decided he would field two teams in the league. He named one the Wild Health Genomes. It was a sponsorship with Wild Health, uh, which is a health system similar to Northwell Health or Catholic Health here on Long Island that they had in Kentucky. Um, that was a one-year thing. And this year they brought in a team um, from Frederick, Maryland, which also hosts, their ballpark hosts a MLB draft league team, the Frederick Keys. Um, they have their collegiate summer league that they play, uh, you know, kind of leading up to and around the MLB draft. So they're kind of an anomaly in that this is their first year in the league, but they're sharing the ballpark with another team. So they play less home games than every other team around the league, but they didn't have a name picked out at the beginning of the year. This was all kind of new to them joining this league. So they, they were officially known as the Frederick baseball team for the beginning of the year. Uh, and they did a big reveal in the middle of a doubleheader. So in between games of a doubleheader uh, about two weeks or so ago, they yeah. rebranded. And they're now the Spire City Ghost Town. So Spire City is like a nickname for Frederick. Um, their city seal features a lot of different church spires um, throughout the city. And so they went with Spire City rather than Frederick. And Ghost Towns is related to 
um, an urban legend in the city of, of a haunted dog that haunts the streets at night. You guys on, on the panel here, do you know the, the nicknames of some of these teams? Why don't you roll off some of the names, Michael? Because they, they're really, really cool names. Right. So the North Division, obviously, is us, the Long Island Ducks. We have the Staten Island Ferry Hawks, who play at the ballpark where the Staten Island Yankees used to play uh, on the northern tip of Staten Island. Um, obviously, Ferry, you can understand that connection with Staten Island. We have the Lancaster Barnstormers, the York Revolution, who play about 30 minutes apart in southern Pennsylvania. And we have the Southern Maryland Blue Crabs. So obviously Maryland Crabs all make sense. So that's all the North Division. The South Division um, is a lot of teams that are further away from us. So we have the Spire City Ghost Towns, of course. We have two teams in North Carolina, the High Point Rockers. That's part of a rocking chair, which is part of the city of High Point is, is otherwise known as the Furniture City, Furniture Capital of the World. Um, the Gastonia Honey Hunters, which I believe the city of Gastonia in their motto has something related to honeys or bees in it. So they went with Honey Hunters. It kind of looks like a honey badger, their logo. We have the Charleston Dirty Birds, which actually used to be the West Virginia Power, uh, an affiliated team, and they rebranded to the Dirty Birds. That name connection um, is an ode to the canaries that used to be sent into West Virginia coal mines to deem whether or not the coal mines were safe. So that's where Dirty Birds come from. And then they used to be called the Lexington Legends, which were also an affiliated team in Major League Baseball. They rebranded this offseason to the Counter Clocks, which is a reference to horse racing. So obviously Kentucky, horse racing capital of America. And back when horse racing began, unlike in England, where horses ran clockwise, they started running them counterclockwise here. And so that's why they went with the Counter Clocks. I didn't know that. Yep, right. there you go. There you go, Ashley Teams. You guys have lots of questions, I know. From go Mike. for it. So, so why don't we, I'll go start with uh, uh, Larry. Is the Atlantic League testing any new changes beyond uh, the new MLB rules this season? So one of the, the unique things that we're doing in the league this year is something called a designated pinch runner. So essentially what that means at any point in the game, well, before a game, a manager will list one player on his team that's not in the starting lineup to be the designated pinch runner. And at any point in the game, you know, our manager is Wally Backman, the former Met. He could say, all right, I want Darian Sanford to go in and pinch run for Wilson Ramos because Wilson's a little bit slow. So he can put Darian in the game. Darian can run. When that inning is over, Wilson will go back in um, in his spot. Sorry, Wilson will go back in his, in his spot that he was playing in the game. Um, he can do it again later in the game, a second time pinch run. But at that point, the runner has to stay in as a defensive player or be substituted out for another player. So you can really use the DPR twice during a game. It's almost like so old, man, old man Sunday softball. Right? Kind of. Yeah. So that, that's the big thing that's new that they're doing this year. They're also continuing to use the double hook designated hitter, which is what we've done the last couple of years, which means that if a starting pitcher comes out of the game before the end of the fifth inning and it's not due to injury, the team will lose its DH for the rest of the game. Uh, if it's due to injury, he'll keep the DH until the end of the fifth inning and then they'll lose the DH. Um, otherwise, if the starting pitcher goes five innings, then you don't lose the designated hitter. And they play nine innings, obviously. Right. Except for single admission doubleheaders, then it's two seven-inning games. Oh, okay. Uh, Gerald. Michael, thanks for taking my question. It's a very, very easy question, and uh, uh, it has to do with sliding into bases. It's been proven over and over and over again 
that sliding into, into bases head first is more dangerous than sliding in legs first, and you don't get to the base faster. Do, do, does the Atlantic League, the major leagues, do they understand that concept? I think they understand it. I think it's been made clear. I think one thing I've learned in 13 years doing this is that you can tell a player something 50 times over, and a lot of times it still doesn't register through to them. So ultimately, when they're in the heat of the moment, the adrenaline's pumping and they're trying to get to a base, they think if their head's going there first, their hands are going there first, it's going to get to the base quicker. Whether it does or not, that's on them. Uh, obviously, it's, it's significantly more dangerous for a lot of different reasons, whether it's jamming your hand into the base and potentially coming off the base, um, which obviously can result in now. We don't have replay here, but I, I know I was watching the Met game, what was it yesterday or the day before? I think where Marte originally, they <laughs> called him out at second base and they had to look at the replay to make sure that he was definitely didn't come off. So, I mean, a lot, a lot of players, they just, they're used to what they've done their whole career. And so if a lot of guys have, are used to sliding head first, they're going to do it, whether it works or not. We always say when you slide to first base to try to beat something out, it's faster just to run through the base. Right. Uh, Joe. I'm just saying they, they, uh, it's less dangerous than it was because these guys wear these big pads now. Yeah, they have like the oven mitt style pads. <laughs> yeah, on their hands. because they used to have their hands were there and they used to break right. their fingers. I yeah, think it so helps in terms safer. of it helps in terms of limiting that. But we, you know, there's so many times still guys go sliding head first and then they get their neck sliding into yeah. the backside of a player. So. You know, you've seen that mitten. Yeah, I've seen a lot of players that use so, that. So we had a have you seen one close up? Like what? What is? Was it cushioned inside there? Yeah, it's basically like padding. It's not an oven. It's not an oven mitten. It's not. It's yeah. not, but it looks like it. They actually it's called it inside. that on the yeah. game yesterday. Yeah. I think Gary was calling that the oven. Yeah, mitten. yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, Michael. I see Michael. Yeah. Yes. Hi, Michael. Uh, Hello, Michael. Uh, my question to you, of course is I see that the Atlantic League is affiliated with uh, an independent type of uh, baseball league. Uh, when the major leagues decide that they want one or two players from your team, let's assume that they're competing, uh, the uh, the Ducks are competing for a uh, pennant or a championship. How yeah. readily do they get uh, let go to go to a major league team, even though uh, they're competing for a, a season? It's pretty much as soon as that team decides to purchase the contract. So, for example, one of our best pitchers is actually a Long Island native from Huntington. His name's Stephen Woods Jr. He pitched with Team Italy during the World Baseball Classic this spring. Um, he's been great for us. He's seven and two with an ERA of like three point seven, I think it is, which in this league is very good. Um, he was scheduled to start Wednesday in Lancaster, and or I'm sorry, Tuesday in Lancaster, and had his contract purchased by a team over in Taiwan. Um, called the Fubon Guardians. So they purchased his contract. He was on a plane and didn't make that start. We had to move other guys up in the rotation, and it happens that quickly. As soon as the paperwork gets filed to the league, uh, if a team reach, wants to you know, purchase the contract of one of our players, they reach out to the Atlantic League. Um, the Atlantic League will reach out to our club, and um, you know the process gets started. There's never really a situation where a player is dissuaded from doing that. That's kind of one of the things that the league was built on was getting players a chance to go to a major league organization or a foreign professional league like Mexico or Taiwan or Japan or Korea. Um, so that's, that's what we want for all these players. Certainly when it happens this close uh, to the end of the first half and you're competing for a first half title, it hurts because we certainly were expecting a good start out of Steven to help us. 
fortunately, the two guys who have stepped up in his spot both won. So that helps us in that regard. And it's kind of like that next man up mentality. Um, but we've had four guys this year who have had their contracts purchased. The first of which was Brett Kennedy, a right-handed pitcher who actually just got called up to the major leagues um, on Tuesday and pitched for the Reds and beat the Nationals. So it was pretty exciting for him. A great success story. The 29th player we've had in our history that has gone on to reach the major league level after playing with the Ducks. Interesting. And they make more money when they go That's to That's right. Yeah. That's right. So like when a player has his contract purchased each, the league and then down to the team, will get paid a fee for purchasing the contract. And then if that player makes it up to the major leagues that year, they'll get a, an additional fee. Okay. Uh, Steven. Michael, what happens if the team wins both halves? Who do they play in the playoffs? So if the team wins both halves, it creates a wild card scenario where the team with the next best overall record regardless of division would get in. So there are times where three teams from one division get in. Uh, it happened to us in 2019. We won both halves. So we played the high point rockers who had the most wins of any other team in the league that didn't make the playoffs. And they were known as the wild card team. If, so if the team that record, wins, sorry, the best record for the entire season. For the whole season, oh, correct. Yeah. And if, if uh, two teams were to finish tied in a division for the second half and one of those teams won the first half, then the other team would be declared the second half champion. Oh. Who else? Okay, Gerald again and Milton. Right. Uh, Michael, two-part question. Uh, do the Ducks and other teams in the league use analytics? And the second part of the question is, what drives me nuts about analytics, I know they have all kinds of statistical models that show that the best player should be a, a second. I grew up, uh, the, the, the best player should be up third or fourth. Clearly in the first inning, he has a better chance of having more runners on base. That whole concept drives me crazy. But my bottom line question is, do the Ducks and other teams use analytics? They do. Um, every team has access to, you know, the MLB stats platform. Uh, we've used TrackMan here ever since we started doing the automatic balls and strikes a couple of years back. We don't use those anymore, but we still use TrackMan for the data. Um, I know our coaching staff uses it. They're certainly not married to it. Uh, and they're certainly not as big of an analytics department as you would see in a major league organization or at the MLB level, but it certainly is used. That's for sure. Thank you. Milton, you had a question? Yeah, Michael. Um, the, the, how does the batting, the team batting averages compare to the major leagues? Like, like on the Ducks, what would the team batting average be? Usually most of them are anywhere between, I would say, like maybe 230s up to 270s. Occasionally you'll get a team that just crushes the ball and they're hitting, you know, 280, 290. Um, sometimes you get a team that's really bad that, that doesn't hit at all and they're down in the low twos. Um, but it's really anywhere in that two to 300 range, mostly 230 to 280, I would say. Right. And to win a, a batting title, it's over well over 300? Or? Yeah, Alejandro Deaza, yeah. who was a former Met, who played with us last year and is back with us this year. He won it last year. He hit 343. Oh, wow. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Thank you. Yep. Yeah. Okay, Fred? Yeah. Um, Michael, besides Raleigh Backman, are there any other ex-major leaguers who are managers in the league? Ooh, any other ex-major leaguers who are managers? I'm trying to even think right now about all the managers in the league. Uh, no, lost, no. Uh, Staten Island's manager is former Yankee Homer Bush. 
Right. He was part of the Yankees, the late 90s dynasty. He's in his first year managing in the Atlantic League this year. So he is the manager there. Um, Stan Clyburn, I don't know if he actually played in the major leagues, but he and his brother Stu have been longtime managers. He's the manager in Southern Maryland. Um, What's the last name? Clyburn, C-L-I-B-U-R-N. Yeah. I think he was a, an angel. Right. I don't know if he managed him. Not Charleston, right. not Frederick. High points, no, but high points pitching coach is Frank Viola. Oh, okay. yeah. So honestly, I think it's on, honestly just uh, Clyburn, Wally, and um, Homer. I think I, I don't think any of the others had played in the major leagues. Okay. All right. My, okay. Joe, then Michael. Yeah. Then Michael, to Michaels. Yeah. Michael, are there any minor league lifers anymore like they used to be guys that used to burn it up in the minor leagues but could never make it in the majors, but they had long careers? Yeah, I mean, certainly I think there are. Um, With our team in our league, you rarely see players that are playing for more than, I would say, four to five years. Uh, In the Atlantic League, at that point, if they're there for that long, they usually will end up retiring. But we've had select few. Lou Ford obviously is still with us as a – a coach and he's still a player, although he hasn't gotten into a game in quite a while, but he was dealing with a little injury earlier this year, but he's one who keeps going. Um, Daryl Thompson, who is a pitcher. He's, he's won the pitcher of the year. The last three years in the Atlantic league is one of those guys who, who did make it up to the major leagues briefly, but he's been pitching in Southern Maryland ever since 2012. It's, it's local for him and, and he can still uh, be successful. Okay. Mike C got a question. Is uh, owning a uh, minor league team in the Atlantic League, is that a money-making proposition or is it pretty much uh, sort of consumption on the part of the uh, ownership? It depends on the market that you're in. Um, the Ducks, we do really well attendance-wise. You know, we average about 4,500 a game. Uh, we just had two crowds of over 7,000 during our 4th of July weekend. Um, so certainly the Ducks ha- have been one of the most successful minor league organizations and as, as overall, but especially in the Atlantic League, others have struggled a bit in terms of that. So um, I guess it's all dependent on, on the ownership group and what they view um, as the goal out of it. But, uh, you know, certainly here on Long Island, it has been uh, a positive thing, not only for ownership, but for the Long Island community. Okay. Uh, Gerald? Michael, any of the players have any uh careers in the off season? Most of them, um, a lot of them will play winter ball. So a lot of them will play winter baseball, whether it be down in the Caribbean, um, Venezuela, Dominican, Puerto Rico, Mexico, sometimes in Colombia. Um, I've seen Nicaragua has had leagues too. Uh, some of them will also go play over in Australia during the winter. But then a lot of uh, other players, when they're home, they either work with family businesses. I know one of our players, um, his dad owns a business and helps out there, not only during the offseason, but during the season, too. And others, they, you know, they, a lot of what they do is lessons. You know, they have, they have uh, baseball clinics and, and baseball venues, um, training gyms where they go and they give lessons. And that's a big way that they uh, stay active during the offseason. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I know you had Daniel Murphy early in the year. He must have been doing very well for the Angels to to purchase his contract. But he didn't come up, Red. He's still in the minors, right? Yeah, he's with AAA Salt Lake. The last oh. I checked, I think on Tuesday, he was batting 342. And there's a lot of talk that they might call him up with the fact that Trout is now hurt for a while. And right. Otani was mm-hmm. dealing with a blister and is not going to pitch in the All-Star game. So 
Yeah. That would be pretty exciting if he got the call up. Uh, Danny Hechevarria, who's actually played with both the Yankees and the Mets, was our shortstop earlier this year. He got his contract purchased by the Royals, and he's playing uh, with AAA Omaha right now. Mm-hmm. That's good. Let's hope Daniel could uh, come back up. Nice. Yeah, that would be great. It'd be a good story, right? Away for a That's couple right. of years and returns. All right, Michael. We'll probably do a couple more. Okay. Yeah, hi, Michael. Uh, you discern players on the Ducks who are sort of like bummed out because they belong in the major leagues and for some reason or another, they're not there yet. Like, for example, I remember uh, years back, Miguel Andujar. I mean, they ne- he never really could have made it in major leagues, and he was a major league type player. And currently, uh, I think playing for uh, the uh, scranton Wilkesbury Rail Riders is uh, Parasa, a very, yeah. very good shortstop. He could be as good a shortstop as there is in the majors, and yet he can't get up there. So are there players on the Ducks who, because of circumstances, are not coming up to the major leagues, and how do they feel about it? There certainly are. I can tell you from experience there are. I won't name any names uh, from my time here, but I can tell you that from my experience um, looking at it, the guys who are thinking less about, hey, I'm here because I want to get back to the major leagues and why am I not getting there? The guys who are just here to have fun, play hard, win games, those are the guys who oftentimes will get um, their contracts purchased and go back to the big leagues. And Brett Kennedy is the perfect example of that. He's a guy who had been to the big leagues before. He knows that he was here for a reason, but he was here to just pitch as well as he could and win games. And if it happened, it happened. And sure enough, it happened. So um, that's that's, I think, the biggest thing I've gotten out of it is if you think about it less and you just focus on um, playing your best and winning and helping the team out. Those are the guys that MLB teams are, are oftentimes looking for. OK, Michael, I heard you have to leave. Leave us. I now. got one more question. One Steve more question. Right. Who's got the last one question? Steve. Go with Steve. All right, do Stuart. I read somewhere uh, about okay. the players that uh, live in people's homes during the season because a lot of them, is that part of your job in arranging homes? It's not part of my job, but yes, that's something that we do here. They're called host families. Um, we always are looking for host families of um, people who are looking to house players during the course of the year. It helps out tremendously. You don't have to worry about it um, in terms of finding them housing and cost of living, as you know, on Long Island is not really cheap. Uh, compared to some other communities around the league. So having host families certainly helps out in that regard of, of being able to house some of our players during the season months. And Stuart had a question. Stuart has one more question. Yeah. How many teams are there in the Atlantic League altogether? There's 10. 10 teams altogether, five yeah. in each division. Do they they all play each other? Yeah, uh, for the most okay. part. Um, yeah, the yeah. league. For they haven't in a couple of years done a balanced schedule for a variety of reasons. So with the way the schedule worked out this year, we're not playing Lexington at all. Don't ask me why, but I'm not upset about not having to take a 14 hour. Really? I didn't know that. Um, Not at all. Yeah. So it's kind of a weird quirk that we're not playing them at all. And we're not going on a trip at all to Charleston, Gastonia or Lexington. So um, those are certainly three of the longer trips. And I, for one, am very happy to not have to take those long bus trips this year. (laughs) Bus trip. You don't go on a plane. No planes. No, not since Sugarland left the league. We don't take a plane anymore. Everything is bus trip. You still got Quackenbush on the team? We still do. He's our closer. Yep. He's the closer. Uh, Quack, we were talking about him before he went on the air. That's a great the name, right? They the love that name. Best name of a Ducks player I've ever heard best in my life. Best name. And what about Robert Stock? Is he still there? Yep. Yep. He's a starting pitcher for us. Uh, he started on Tuesday night through seven innings, a two-run ball in Lancaster. So uh, he's good. He throws 98, 99 miles an hour. The key is oh. command. 
It's just all about throwing for strikes. Like for the Cubs last, you know, he came to the Mets for one day and they got rid of Wasn't he on the Mets for a while? Yep. One day, I think. Literal, a literal cup of coffee. A little cup of coffee. Then was, was he for the Israeli team too? Yes. Yeah, okay. him and Alex Dickerson, who's our right fielder, both played for Team Israel. I didn't know about that one. Yeah. Michael, I want to thank you for, for joining thank us for a short time. My pleasure. A lot of stuff. Thank, thank you, Michael. Uh, thank you. My pleasure. We'll, see you. See, you we'll see you at the ball game. Sounds good. Yes. Come and on good, out. And good luck to the team the rest of the way. Yes. Thank you. I appreciate it. Take care, everybody. Take care. Take care. Thanks, Mike. Bye-bye. Okay, guys. Right, it was really nice, right? Here in the... Yeah. It's right, it's right yeah. you know, not, not you guys in, in, uh, in Virginia, uh, in Pennsylvania, but for us Long okay, Island yeah, boys yeah. and Queens boys, he's right around the corner. Yeah, I'm, I'm Mark. I didn't get a chance to ask him. Is there a big disparity in the paychecks that the well, players get? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Might be lucky to get paid. Yeah, yeah like less than less than the major leagues, obviously. A lot less. A lot less. But just the thought that you're playing, um, they consider themselves pros, even though the minor leagues, minor leagues are pros too. But um, Hey, if if you perform and someone's watching you, someone could purchase your contract. And he told you about that. But did you hear about some of the players on the team? You heard these guys. Uh, there was uh, Ruben Tejada mm-hmm. is oh. with them. Uh, Kyle Lopstein. Lopstein. That sounds like a Jewish name, right? <laughs> with the team yeah. the Tigers. They have a guy named Boog Powell. No relation to the Powell. That's his name, Boog Powell. But he played with the Mariners and the A's. Uh, Etcha Vareria, who played for the Braves and the Mets. He might have been with the Yankees, too. I'm not too sure. Um, And the Quacken. But Chance Sisko, we've talked about him. Alex Dickinson. Al Albuquerque. There's a great name. And he had a cup of coffee. Uh, Alejandro Deaza, he mentioned. Albuquerque. And Wilson, Wilson Ramos. Ramos. Wilson Ramos. Our friend mm-hmm. Wilson Ramos is and playing with them. And, uh, yeah, so catcher. they have some familiar names. Who knows? Who knows? Go out to the game. How, how much could tickets cost? $12? $15? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm glad you guys came for this. Let's move on to the, our rest of the part of the show. Uh, it might be in the bridge. Uh, Gerald, do you want to start with your uh, your, your year? I don't want to miss yes. year. 14, 13. Who is my sponsor? Oh, your sponsor is Yellow Watermelon. <laughs> okay, <laughs> don't drink yellow okay. watermelon. <laughs> is that seedless? Seedless? No, yellow watermelon. Good. That's good stuff. <laughs> Very sweet. Okay, I'm going to review the 2012 MLB season. These are what I believe to be the key facts about the 2012 MLB season for the awards and leaders. Only the National League player, followed by the American League player. Key awards MVP Buster Posey and Miguel Cabrera. Rookie of the Year Bryce Harper and Mike Trout. Cy Young, R.A. Dickey, and David Price. Key leaders, batting average, Buster Posey and Miguel Cabrera. Home runs, Ryan Braun and Miguel Cabrera. RBI, 
Chase Headley and Miguel Cabrera. ERA, Clayton Kershaw and David Price. Some interesting highlights of the 2012 MLB season. Flamethrower Jamie Moyer became the oldest pitcher in <laughs> history yeah. to record a victory at age 49 and five months. Josh Hamilton <laughs> became was... the 16th player in MLB history to have four home runs in a game. What a wasted career he had. Yep. Adam Dunn yep. hit 400th career home run. Placido P Polanco recorded his 2000th career hit. Carlos Beltran who I don't love, became the first switch hitter with 300 career home runs and 300 career stolen bases. Itro Suzuki hit his 2,500th career hit. Jim Tomey hit his 13th walk-off home run to set the all-time record. Gita tied Hank Aaron for having 150 or more hits in each of 17 consecutive seasons. Pretty consistent there. Mike Trapp became the youngest player and the first rookie to have 25 home runs and 40 stolen bases in a single season. That's quite an accomplishment. Milwaukee Brewers became the first MLB team in history to have its pitching staff strike out 10 or more batters in seven consecutive games. Hmm. Here's a very brief summary of the 2012 World Series. The Giants swept the Tigers four games to none. Some composite statistics. The Giants batted 242, and the Tigers batted a robust 159. Oh, wow. The Giants ERA was 1.46, and the Tigers 4.11. The MVP was Pablo Sandoval. He went 8 for 16 with three home runs and four RBIs, and that completes my review of the 2012 MLB season. You don't like Carlos Beltran? You should. I, I didn't like him. Uh, you should love him. You got Zach Wheeler for him. That's right. <laughs> okay. Yeah, right, right. All right. Anybody want to comment on uh, Gerald's report? Was that a quick question for Gerald? Gerald, was that the uh, giant team that had Edgar Renteria who just hit a ton? Not sure. No, I don't think they had. Really. Not sure, Michael. Yeah, I don't think they had. Or to be honest with you. I because I remember he morphed into a superstar for one giant season, and the uh, there was an, a season that the Giants won the World Series. Yeah, hmm. you know, as the closer and closer to 2023, you know, more, they're still playing. Yeah. And Clay and, and um, Kershaw, I think, out of all the names you mentioned, those are the guys who's on the IL again. Yeah, 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 yeah. okay. Miguel Cabrera's last year. The, yeah, the, oh, but he's still playing. He's still yeah. playing. <laughs> he's hitting 250 now, too. He's just hanging on. Yeah. Adam Wainwright's last year also. They going around collecting gifts from each team. That's what they wanted to keep on. <laughs> All right. Thank you, uh, Gerald. We'll see you next week, of course. Uh, Milton's, name that tune. You're going to go on right. right now. You got a song for us? This song first came in 19 it was written 1967 became a big hit again in 1974 and 1995 by gloria estefan but see if you know who sang the original 1967 i have it on it just stuck a valentine song 
Valentine's Day song. Song. I can't even remember yeah. the water there. All right, 1967, the singer was Robert Knight, done again oh. in 1974 by Carl Carlton. And Carlton, that's the version I remember. And then uh, Gloria Estefan in 95. Good, good, good work there. Good work. Good work. Very good. But Robert Knight. Uh, I don't I not know Robert Knight. Robert Knight was with yeah. another group. Um, Robert Knight. He's got a couple yeah. other songs, nothing big, but. No. That's the one I know, the 67, Robert Knight's version. Yeah, who was he with? He was with someone else. No. We can look it up. No, he was just, I think he was just. No, I think he was with a group, bro. <laughs> the Bob Knight Four was a different group. That was another one. Bob Knight Four. All right. Thank I'll look you. That up. I can find it. All right. Thank you, Milton, for that one. Okay. That's a good song. The call call. Yeah. Call Carlton? Call 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 call? Yeah. Yep. I called him from uh who's called yeah. he was the he, the, the um the concierge. Oh um uh, Valerie Harper. Doorman. Yeah, 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 Doorman. Yeah. What was what, what show was that? Yeah, I should have saved that for Valentine's Day. Uh, Rhoda. Rhoda, that's right. Night. Rudy, Knight, yeah, yeah. Knight had two uh, songs, and apparently he went into um, chemical research, so he left music and All right. anything about a group. He needed some money. All right. I'm going to pass on my uh, what happened on this day, because it's lengthy, and I want uh, you guys to hear other stories. So go, let's go to uh, Stories by Larry, sponsored by Crying Babies. <laughs> what do you have this week for me? my story this week is is entitled the complicated elvin hayes elvin hayes played power forward mostly for the houston rockets and the then named washington bullets over his 16-year nba career a houston sports writer coined his nickname the big e thinking that elvin was a rallying point just like the navy's aircraft carrier the enterprise and Hayes was indeed a rallying point on the court. He led the league in scoring as a 1968-69 rookie with 28 points per game. Only Chamberlain also led the league in his rookie season, 1959 and 1960. Further, the Big E also had 11 offensive rebounds in a 1979 NBA final game only Dennis Rodman tied that record in the 1996 NBA Finals. Finally, Elvin, along with Wes Unselt and Bobby Dandridge, brought the only NBA title to the Washington, D.C. area in 1978. 
The Big E was known for his durability and conditioning. Iron Man Elvin, as he was also called, played at least 80 games in each of his 16 seasons. A remarkable achievement in itself. Hayes was immensely popular with the fans. They liked his dominating style of play on the court and his non-diplomatic speaking off the court. But the Big E was not liked by his coaches and teammates. They felt he had a Jekyll and Hyde personality and hogged the ball too much. John Lilly, a trainer for the Washington Bullets said, quote, being around Elvin every day is like a Chinese water torture, unquote. That completes my story for this week. Wasn't wasn't yeah. it so the guy who beat uh, the only the only loss that UCLA's uh, lost in? Yeah, that, that was yeah, seventy-one in that made-for-television game that really really put college basketball on the map for the for the for the mass audience. Alcindor was hurt because he had that patch. Yeah, I think, yeah then, you know, was, then, and then, then in the killed, NCAA champ, then in the NCAA yeah, and then they killed him. They, 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 they killed him. Beat him by thirty-two points. Yeah, like one hundred one to something or other. Sixty-nine, right? And that the game, game was the game was yeah. nothing in the Astrodome. Right, Eddie. That Eddie one, yeah. Productions on mass syndicated TV. Yeah, that was. But the, then I think it was one hundred one to sixty-nine or something. UCLA. Right. That was that was. Alcindor was in full full health. Right. Michael? Larry, you know what Elvin Hayes is doing now after his career? No, I don't. He's in Boulder. He's around the corner from you. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Colorado. All right. Anybody else have a question for Larry on Elvin Hayes? Was it the Washington Bullets at that time or Baltimore Bullets? It was the Washington Bullets. Washington. Washington. Baltimore. It was the Washington Bullets. The Washington Bullets? Washington Bullets yes. at that time, yes. Okay. He, he was also, like, he, he was also like Willis Reed from a small town in, in Louisiana. Oh, really? Yeah. I forget the name of the town where he's from, but it was... Went to the uh, University of Houston, right? Yep. Him him, and Don Chaney and um, some other... I forget who... Right. Number, number 44, right? Number 44? Right. Okay. Okay, thank you for that story. Let's go on to Michael. Uh, Michael MJF, Yankee and Jets. <laughs> Boulder, Colorado. Welcome by my home. Sponsored by Yardsticks. Yardsticks, okay. <laughs> well, with the Jets, I read an article in the Daily News, taking an early look at the Jets, and the quarterback... Named the last Jets quarterback to throw for 4,000 yards, and it wasn't Pennington or Brian or Todd. And the answer is Joe Namath, way, way back. So uh, the Jets have a pretty darn good quarterback. And uh, according to this writer, they think he thinks that Rodgers has a renewable energy for solar power to solar power his uh, 4,000 yards and more. Touchdowns. They have a running back by the name of Breeze Hall. And Salah says he looks fantastic. And if he's back, he's one of the best running backs in the sport. And of course, the, the wide receiver is Garrett Wilson. And they also have Devontae Adams. And they have quite an interesting 
nucleus of studs, of young studs. And if you really want to be positive, the Jets are going to be in the playoffs and maybe they'll win a couple of games in the playoffs. And uh, who knows, Super Bowl, I'll go to that too, if that ever happens. Now with the Yankees, I guess the most recent story is about what happened to Jimmy Cadero. He was a relief pitcher who was pitching pretty well. Yeah. And he was suspended for the rest of the season for violating yeah. the uh, Major League Baseball domestic violence policy. Mm-hmm. And Manfred, the commissioner, said that after an investigation, Cadero has accepted the suspension and uh, he's violated the league's joint domestic violence, sexual assault and child abuse policy. And he did not, Manfred, did not provide any uh, details about what has happened. I'm sure that will come out. Cadero's a 31-year-old journeyman has been pitching well, and uh, he's out of there, I guess, uh, for the time being. And as far as the Yankees are concerned, I was just wanted to say that yesterday was just a very agonizing game. I mentioned this uh, for uh, when we, before we got onto the podcast. This is why you hate the analytics. The pitcher for the Yankees, Vasquez, was pitching a gem, and the analytics in Boone's head and the people who control the puppet strings mm-hmm. took Vasquez out at, after six shutout innings and put in pitchers who weren't as effective. And the 2 nothing beautiful gem that Vasquez was pitching ended up a 4-2 to two loss, which is very, very annoying and uh, ruined my night because I don't like seeing that. <laughs> however, however, let's talk about the Yankees in a positive light for once. People uh, have been negative about the Yankees. Let's suppose Judge, he heals sooner rather than later. And he's, he's back. Off that way, Mike. Late, it's and later already. Right his he's pain, right. whatever. Now, once now. Judge comes back, okay, Rodon, it's very, very possible he will become the Yankees co-ace. Uh, Severino and Nestor and Germán, they stay well and play up to their potential. We'll see tonight about Severino. Uh, I'd like them to DFA Donaldson, unless he starts hitting like he hit, la- hit it last night, but I don't think so. So you DFA Donaldson, and the Yankees have the best bullpen in baseball. Let's assume they remain that way. And they will play IKF as much as possible, but keep him away from Bader because he bumps into Bader too much. Fix LeMahieu somehow, get Stanton to finally figure out what's wrong with his swing. And once and for all, please, dear Lord, lift the shackles off of Boone. He cannot be that dumb, considering his background. And one last thing, like it or not, all of the things that I just said are possible. And that's my report for today. Thank you. Sounds like a dream to me, Yeah, a couple. Let me ask you, Mike. How bad is Beta hurt? How bad is his wrist? Was that just for being hit by the baseball, the pitch, or is it something else from his swing? Bader's injury. I I saw that. You never know about Bader. He seems to be an accident waiting to happen. Well, no. But I know they had IKF out there yesterday, (laughs) and Bader is a very, very important cog in that team, and he's actually a brilliant ball player but uh he's just a lot of lucky player you know he's uh he's the yankees pete reezer 
That's what I think. But let me yep. ask you, was that from being hit by the pitch? Is that all that's bothering him? Or is from, or was well, it him swinging and got hurt? Did anybody see today's lineup? Is he in today's lineup? I don't know. Let me ask you one other thing. Mike Trout, they, he fractured his wrist. Was that just from swinging? He got hit on the wrist. Yeah. Yeah. Did he you know who got hurt that way? No, he uh, fouled the ball off his wrist. On the Yankees. Remember, he, he got hurt swinging the bat? The same thing. Yeah. But Mike Trout, Mike Trout also, right? He didn't no. get hit by a pitch. No, he fouled, no, the, ball off he his fouled the ball off his wrist. Yeah. The ball off his wrist. I don't know how you do yeah. that. Well, that's what he, he did. It must that have been directly down and came back up and hit him. I don't know. I don't know. Anybody else comment? Uh, Gerald? Mike, two things. Number one, Donaldson has nine home runs and 97 plate appearances or so. And secondly, Ben Intendi is out there. Are you guys going to get Ben Intendi? No more Ben Intendi. We're all right. Uh, by the way, Bader is in, the, in tonight's lineup, so maybe he's not that badly hurt. Okay. Very good. How about Donaldson, Mike? Nine home runs. Donaldson. What is that, 12 hits? Donaldson, if he continues <laughs> to be DFA'd, but uh, not the way he played yesterday. He went two for four with a home run. That's what you want to see from the He's a very good fielder. Yeah. He's a very good fielder. Michael, I still said all along the Yankees' problem for the last several years is situational hitting, not the pitching. It's a little better this year with Kalefa and a couple of and Volpe. They're doing it, but you can't just rely on home runs. You just can't do it against. Oh, that's right. It's true for the Mets. And speaking of Volpe, Milton, he's the best hitter on the Yankees as we speak. You're right. And two weeks ago, he was the worst hitter on the team. Let me have one question. When I used to watch baseball in the 50s, early 60s, a lot I don't ever remember people getting hit by that many pitch balls. And you had people that were pitchers that could brush back anybody from Sal Magley to early win to Michael, mm -hmm. but they never really hit the, they seem to be so many more players that are being hit by the pitchers today than ever I remember it going back, you know, years ago. Every game, there's somebody getting hit by a pitch baseball. Years ago, they weren't throwing a hundred. Every pitcher wasn't throwing a hundred miles per hour. That could be one of one. And they had the stickum substance. That they had they the sticky stuff in those days too. Oh, rubber balls. <laughs> also, I don't remember them being on top of the batters. You know, so far near the home plate when they were hitting, people seemed to be backed away a little bit more. Yeah. The in the games. Uh, Joe? Yeah, I think one of the reasons that they wear so much protective gear now, that they just stand there and take shots that they probably never would have taken when we were young, right? Yeah. They're, all, they're all wearing protective gear on their wrists, their arms, their elbows, everything. They don't move anymore. <laughs> I mean, if it's, thrown, if it's thrown high, if it's thrown up at the head, then they move. But if it's thrown you guys remember body, what Don Baylor used to do when he got hit? He put the bat down and run to first like it was nothing, no matter where yeah. they hit him. Yeah. Okay. Uh, thank you for that report. We can move on to, Joe, your Mets moments. Oh, okay. Right. By adhesive tape. How apropos. Uh, how about uh, Sutab? 
<laughs> I have a colonoscopy coming up. Okay. I got to start. I got to start in two minutes. Anyway. Um, in there, so, done that. Yeah, yeah I know. There, tomorrow, done that it's, 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 yeah, yeah. it's not the liquid anymore. Good luck with it. Pills, so it can't be anywhere as bad as it used to be. Uh, and it still works. So, anyway, it's going to be my last one unless they find something. So anyway, um, the Mets have looked a little bit better the last few games. They're on a four-game winning streak. And last night's game was really something that you could build on. You know, Senga pitched a beautiful game, and, and Showalter sent him out for the eighth inning, and his faith was rewarded. He shut him out in the eighth inning. So they went, they came, they were tied coming up in the ninth. And I will admit I was asleep in the eighth inning, and I missed um, – I missed Alvarez's home run in the ninth, but I did wake up for Canis uh, triple to win the game. So that's really something they could build on. I don't know that they will. And I guess the only other thing I want to talk about tonight. The only other thing that I really wanted to talk about is is Alonso looks completely lost to me. Yeah, it looks as if he's trying to hit a three run home every time he comes up to bat. I mean, at the beginning of the season, he was really locked in and he was getting home runs, but he was also hitting to the opposite field. He was getting on base. I mean, now he's either hitting a home run or he's not hitting the ball at all. Or he's maybe he's popping out. I mean, it's just awful. I don't get it. And I think he's and I think he's making a mistake by going to the uh, the home run derby. I think he's frustrated and he wants to do something to take his frustrations out on. But I think he would be better served by taking a week off and um, probably you know, getting, might. getting his getting his head straight. That um, that's what I would like to see. How many games are they out of the wild card, Joe? Six and a half. Six, Six and, and a half. half. Thank you. Yeah, I was going to say seven, right. but it's, you know, it's that's not it's vote. not it's not an impossible task. It's but you know, they got two, they got two guys. They got two guys in the third and fourth hole hitting in. You know, the Lindor's hitting two twenty two. Or so, and 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 Alonso is hitting about two fifteen now. Maybe not yeah, even two fifteen. Yeah. I mean, just, there's no way. They just hit for they, power. They can do it. It's not they enough. They, they hit. No. They've hit. They've been hitting a lot of home runs, but they haven't been they hitting did. anything else. McNeil started hit a little better, isn't he? Who? McNeil. Yeah, a little, but not. He doesn't look like he did um, last year. Hmm. Just doesn't look. Nimmo's hitting. Nimmo's playing very well. Yeah. yeah. Joe, no, we have that damn Vogel back still. Yeah. They, he has to be DFA'd. I mean, that's the next thing that happens. Maybe by all-star break. By this week, I mean, it looks, it, look, it looks as if they're not going to give uh, – they're not going to trade either um, Scherzer or uh, Verlander. But yeah. if I think if they got a good enough off – Trade Carrasco. Tommy Pham can continue to be hot. Pham, I think, will get – Pham, I think, will be traded. And they'll probably yeah, get something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think so. Get to see where they are. All yeah. Okay. I guess with a, I guess with a payroll mm-hmm. of three hundred over three hundred million, they they can't psychologically give up or give in, but they they That's really cool. should. There are a lot of teams. They really should. For that, for that wild card, not only yeah, one team. Yeah, yeah. But if they but if they if they trade prospects for uh, for over the hill major leaguers, I'm gonna I'm gonna hang myself. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, you know, that's it. They just, really? they just picked up a relief pitcher uh, over God, there. I got from Seattle. Yeah, got. yeah. yeah. but that's God. okay. They need, they need relief pitching, I, obviously. There was a got many, many years ago. This is the second time I've seen that. Yeah. Name. Oh, really? Jim Gott. Jim Gott. 
He's been around. He's, He's got Toronto. Jim Todd. Yeah, yeah. It's a different Blue guy. Jim. All right. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. For that. Uh, right. MC. I'm going to hang out, but I'm going to blank the screen. Yeah, yeah. So nobody Good it. luck, Joe. Good luck, Joe. Good luck. Thank yeah. you. I'll be around for a while. Yeah. Uh, Enjoy yourself. On your sports you. happenings in the D.C. <laughs> area, sponsored by Dashboard Blinking Lights. Yeah, <laughs> Okay. Well, things are fairly quiet in Washington right now. There's continued speculation about who the Nationals might move, uh, what kind of offers they might expect to get, and for whom. Um, it seems likely that this fellow Candelaria will go. Uh, maybe one of the relievers, although uh, the relievers are kind of a strength of the team, those two co-closers. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, in some ways, it would be a shame to see one of them go, but I think the chances are pretty good. The lone all-star from the Washington Nationals this year is a pitcher by the name of Josiah Gray. Got him in a trade with the Dodgers about a year ago. He has a decent ERA. His ERA is 3.41. Uh, to this point, he's six and seven on the year, but his whip is 1.44, which tells you that uh, the ERA may be artificially just a little lower than what you'd expect. Um, on the uh, uh, the only thing that I thought was a surprise in the last several days was that the Washington uh, uh, basketball franchise uh, re-signed or is about to re-sign. Kyle Kuzma. Mm -hmm. Kyle Kuzma was a free agent uh, or had the right to be a free agent. It was, uh, it was expected when they traded uh, Bradley Beal off to Phoenix so that Kuzma would never come back because, you know, it was already the prospects were bleak, even with that Bradley Beal. And now this is clearly a franchise in rebuild. But Kuzma, Kuzma's coming. With a, with and, a four uh, year, hundred, hundred million dollar four year deal. Four yeah, years. yeah. I mean, that's four right. Years. It's not just a short term. Uh, four years back for a season. Yeah, that's exactly right. So uh, some of us, like me, were surprised by that, but uh, we'll I see how that goes. And that's my report. Thank you. Thank you for that. Is he going to be the star on the team, Kuzma? Yes. Well, he'd be their best known yeah. player, I yeah. think. Yes. Kuzma, yeah. Jordan Poole. Oh, well, yeah. Jordan Poole only because he comes from Golden State, but he's yeah, a more accomplished player, I'd say. All right. Thank you for your report. Um, Fred and Roger. Fred's going to talk about the NBA and Roger's going to talk about the NHL, whatever they uh, have. So let's yeah. start with uh, Fred. Okay. I'll start off with the locals and then I'll go team by team with the highlights. I won't mention every obscure player, but the locals, the, the Knicks have made two significant moves they've traded ob Toppin to indiana for two draft picks and they've signed dante divincenzo another the third villanova player so that means right now if you if you go if divincenzo replaces Toppin in thibodeau's nine-man rotation they're very small on their on their back uh second unit so that, that they'll have to see what they're going to do they're as the backup to, to Julius Randle, but that's for another time. We'll just talk about the moves now. On the locals, the Nets, their biggest move was re-signing Cam Johnson, who had a very good um, season when he came back over from Phoenix and is 
course, is very close to Mikel Bridges. They call themselves the Twins. They both have never played an NBA game without the other. And the Nets also signed two other players. One player might be familiar to most of you, Dennis Smith Jr., who played for the Knicks, a first-round draft choice several years ago out of North Carolina State. And an un- and a player who, who I think is a pretty good player and not that well-known in New York, who played for San Antonio's free agent, Lonnie Walker, who is a, a guard. I think he should be helpful to the team. But, and by getting rid of Joe Harris and, and um, what's his name, Patty Mills, Joe Harris to Detroit, Patty Mills to Houston, who moved him on to Oklahoma City. I think that's going to open up for the second unit, Cam Thomas, who you might remember last year after they traded Irving had three consecutive 40-point games. And I think he could be a very good shooter off the bench, you know, sort of like what John Starks was for the Knicks years ago. Yeah, I think he has a lot of potential. Now, going, going around the league, I'll start off in alphabetical order. The Atlanta Hawks' big move was trading John Collins to Utah Jazz, and they got Rudy Gay in return. Boston picked up Christophs Borsingas in a three-team trade with the Wizards and the Grizzlies. But unfortunately, I think that they made a mistake in, in trading Marcus Smart, who is one of the league's best defensive players. And I think they're going to really miss him. And then yesterday, there's been reports that they have traded Grant Williams in a three-team trade to Dallas with Dallas trading uh, Reggie Bullock on to San Antonio. And Celtics has got a couple of draft picks from people who are now probably in fifth grade in 2030. 2030. Charlotte Hornets re-signed LaMelo Ball to a five-year extension. Chicago Bulls have re-signed Kobe White and then um, signed two, two um, other players. Javon Carter, who was a very good defensive player, played for the Nets briefly a couple of years ago, and Torrey Craig, who was with Phoenix. Cleveland Cavaliers have re-signed Karis LeVert, and then they've signed George Niang, and they also have required in a sign-and-trade from Miami, uh, Max Struess, and they have also traded, uh, received Damian Jones, who was, I forget which team he was on, but they got him. Dallas Mavericks signed Seth Curry as a free agent off the Nets roster. Of course, Kyle Kyrie Irving is returning there. And also Dwight Powell is signing, uh, resigning from Dallas. And they also got a player who was a first-round draft for several years ago at Utah. Did not, hasn't had a really great career, but Dante Exum. Denver has made a couple of moves. Um, they have agreed to, to a one-year deal with Justin Holiday. They're bringing back Reggie Jackson and DeAndre Jordan. And they have lost two players from their championship team. Um, Jeff Green has signed with Houston and Bruce Brown, who was very good on the Nets and unfortunately wanted to stay with the Nets. But as people in the know, say Durant and Irving did not want him on the team, but he signed with Denver. Now he's going to Indiana. The Pistons, outside of acquiring Joe Harris, they have gotten Monty Morris in a trade with the Wizards. Probably for draft picks. Golden <laughs> State was traded Jordan Poole to Washington. They got back Chris Paul, and Ray- Raymond Green is returning as is 
know, on a four-year deal. Corey Joseph has agreed to a one-year deal. The Houston Rockets have signed Dylan Brooks, who is from a four-year deal who was let go by Memphis, who didn't want any part of him because for some bad behavior. And, and let's see, they have they've also signed one of my favorite players because he shares the first name with me, Fred Van Fleet from Toronto. I really like him. Let's see, Indiana, as I mentioned, Paul Brown, uh, Bruce Brown. And Obi Toppin, and they re-signed to a five-year extension, Tyrese Halliburton, who you may remember they received in a trade two seasons ago for uh, Demetrius Sabonis on Sacramento. The Clippers, Russell, uh, excuse me, Russell Westbrook is coming back on a two-year deal, and they have got required KG Martin on trade with the Rockets, and Mason Plumlee is returning. The Lakers have made several moves. Cam Reddish is green on a two-year free agent deal as his former net Tyron Prince. And they have signed on a Gabe Vincent, who has parlayed being going from undrafted status to a key role on the Miami Heat into a three-year contract. And they've re- re- returning are also D'Angelo Russell and Austin Reeves. Memphis has signed Derek Rose as a backup point guard and as a mentor to to uh, Maranta, so he returns to his uh, city of his college days. And Desmond Bain has agreed to a five-year extension. And as I said, Marcus Smart is joining them as, a, as part of that trade with the Wizards and Clippers, uh, Celtics rather. Miami Heat has greets Thomas Bryant on a two-year deal, and, they've, and Kevin Love is returning, and Josh Richardson has also agreed to a two-year deal. The Bucks. Um, sidekick of Giannis, a key player, Chris Middleton is returning on a three-year deal, and they were able to work some salary cap magic and bring back Brooke Lopez and, and also Jay Crowder, and they've signed from Minnesota Malik Beasley, and they're also uh, just recently signed Brooke Lopez's brother, Robin Lopez. Minnesota Timberwolves, Nikhil Alexander-Walker is returning on a two-year deal as Troy Brown has agreed to a deal, and they are bringing back Anthony Edwards for a five-year extension, as well as bringing in Shake Milton from the, um, I believe, Sixes. And they also re-signed Naz Reed, who was from Jersey City and played his ball at UCLA. The Orleans Pelicans, Herb Jones, one of the better defensive players in the league, is returning on a four-year deal. Cody Zeller has agreed one-year deal in next year Miami. Oklahoma City, like I said, the Patty Mills is on their team now. Victor Oladipo has, comes to a trade for the Miami Heat. Orlando Magic have signed Joe Engels, and, who was on the Bucks, and Moritz Wagner, who, returning on a two-year deal. Sixers have signed Patrick Beverly, and James Harden has exercised his player option. To join the Sixers, but although he wants to be traded, who knows what's going to be with that. The Suns have made a lot of moves. Of course, as you know, they got Bradley Beal in that three-team trade with the Wizards and Pacers. They've signed Eric Gordon from the off the Houston Rockets. And Yuta Watanabe, who was on the Nets last year, has agreed to a deal with them. And a couple other players who are lesser players. And Damian Lee is returning. Portland Trailblazers re-signed Jeremy Grant, but now 
Damian Lillard has indicated that he would like a trade and his really preference, he sees himself on the Miami, being traded to the Miami Heat. And there is talk of a three-team trade and possibly the Nets being part of that trade where they would get Tyler Hero, but nothing concrete. Sacramento has resigned uh, Dementis Sabonis to a five, uh, to an extent, multi-year extension. And Alex Len is returning to that team. San Antonio has agreed to a four-year deal with a local player, Julian Champagne, from, from, who was at St. John's. He, he was originally Toronto last year. They, they released him. He had a, played about 20 games of San Antonio, and they liked what they saw of him, and he's coming back. And, and see, Toronto lost, as I said, um, Van Fleet, and they have signed Jalen McDaniels, and Jacob Pulte is returning, and Dennis Schroeder who was on the Lakers last year, has agreed to a two-year deal. The Jazz have agreed to a three-year extension with Jordan Clarkson. And, of course, they got John Collins, as I mentioned. And last, as Mike said, Kyle Kuzma is signing on a, turning on a four-year deal to the Wizards. And they received Jordan Poole and Ryan Rollins from the Warriors and ex-net Landre Shamit from the Suns. And it great. And also they required Tyus Jones, Danilo Gallinari, and Mike Muscala. And that's my report. Wow. I left out some things. <laughs> God, Cor- when I Corsingus said... Corsingus went to Boston, right? What? How was that? Corsingus went to Boston, right? Yeah. yeah. Right. When I asked Fred to do this, he says, there's just too many. I'll, I'll name no. a few. No, I name a few. I wanted to these little guys. There, there are some guys in this league who are some of the guys I never heard of, so I didn't put them in. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't know if anybody heard of... Delano Banton. I didn't know half oh, the people you mentioned just now. And you know, the NBA next year is doing what they call an in-season tournament. Yeah. They're going to announce the details Saturday. Yeah, I heard some of the details. I don't want to go into it now, but I heard some of the details today. No, I, Where do you hear this? I didn't hear what, what the details are. Michael, your hand is... The uh, question for Fred. Could you see any scenario of moving Julius Randle from the Knicks, and is there anything that the Knicks could do as far as uh, a trade or whatever, or is Randle going to be on the Knicks next year? What do you think? I think he's going to be on the Knicks next year. And as far as Trey, I mean, you know, I, it's hard for me to say, I don't. I frankly don't understand a lot of this trading. You know, we have to fit him in financially. You know, he's, he, you know, he, I don't know. I, I think they still see Randall as, I mean, I mean, if it wasn't for Randall's playing during the regular season, they wouldn't, they wouldn't have gotten the way that, where they were too. Oh, he's great know? when he's playing well, of course, of course. But he's an income poop. Yeah. This uh, yeah. this free agent they started July first. So in six days, Fred just talked about ten minutes of, of yeah. player transactions. You know, it's it's wow. every split. You notice football, basketball, and hockey. It's like you know, at midnight by twelve. You know, if it starts by twelve thirty, there's all these signings. Baseball has always seemed very protracted, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, thank you. And uh, now we're going to go to Roger. Roger has a comment, and he's going to. He has the NHL, but I don't think all this is as long as. uh... (laughs) Well, it it is pretty long, Mark. I think we don't know most of the players. Not here, but as as a fan. Fan, as a fan, Fred, I mean, I, what do you make of all this? All these guys changing teams and 
who you root for. I mean, I, I've been a lifelong Knicks fan, but I mean, it's, you know, it's just, it's just wild. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I mean, I think, that's what do I think of it? I think, I actually think that the Knicks improved themselves. And I, and I, and I think, honestly, I, I like Porzingis, but if it, I, I think the Celtics did not improve themselves. I think they, I think they're really going to miss Marcus Smart, and and I think the, the Nets are going to be better than people think. I think Claxton is going to is going to be, a, he's a really, I think he's, he is. Rip, he's oh, a I really like him. Yeah. And I think Bridges is going to blossom into a star. I mean, he was there. And I, I think they're going to be a better team, and I think Memphis is going to. Uh, Rand is it's just hard to it's hard to say you know who 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 knows what the season's going to be like you know I think Denver is still going to be a great team and I think they're going to be the team to beat and we'll yeah. see see what you know, happens. I just want to say something about hockey here in, in the in the Denver area. The lead story on the sports is a scrimmage game in uh, for the uh, Avalanche. It was the uh, I think the red the the purple and the white were playing against each other. And I think one of the reasons why they're doing that is because that's how much the Rockies stink. So uh, hockey is very important here. Mm. Mm. Mike? Just a quick comment on Golden State. <clears throat> one of the things that apparently has happened there is they were on a two-track two kind of system. They had the uh, core, the veterans, and then they were trying to develop young talent at the same time so that there would be some follow-on once Curry and Thompson retire and all that. And they've abandoned that. They have decided that it wasn't working, that uh, they while they still have Curry and Green and all that, they're going to make one more try to build a championship team around them. And that's uh, sort of behind uh, uh, picking up Chris Paul and uh, another uh, backup guard there and re-signing uh, uh, Green. The one thing they lack and they're going to have to do something about this is in that size. They're going to have to bring in somebody, uh, a, a center type player or a very large forward uh, to help them on the front line because they've been undersized for a while. Uh, you know, as they age, uh, that gets harder and harder to do. And uh, so we'll see if Golden State's going to make any kind of a real play. They'll have to they'll have to plug that hole. Did it, do you know if they have any potential big men playing on their summer league team who they're looking looking at? I don't know. No. I've been following their summer league team because one of my players, ex-players, is the, the high scorer on their summer league team. Oh, who's he's that? A, he's actually a forward or a guard. Who's that? Who's that, Steve? Lester Quinones, who's averaging uh, 25 points a game for the summer league. Oh, oh, oh for Memphis, yeah. No, no. Yeah, from oh. Memphis for Golden State. Yeah, and right. He just I mean, signed. He, um, I mean, he, he played just signed a two a two way oh. contract. Yeah, very good. So they think he's going to be the twelfth uh, or eleventh man on the team. Mm. Very good. Very good. All and right. He shoots the hell out of the ball. <laughs> he's shooting fifty percent from three point range. Well, we're going to watch him now. <laughs> yeah. Roger, what do you have for us as far as the National Hockey League? <laughs> National League Hockey League, as we know, has to, uh, you know, kind of promote itself a lot better. I mean, it have been a lot of moves, too. Uh, the Rangers, I know, picked up a couple of guys. Um, Wheeler and old Jonathan Quick, the old goaltender from the the, uh, the Kings they picked up. Is a, I presume he'll be a backup. Uh, Islanders, uh, 
extended Sorokin eight years, you know, 66 million. Um, I know the Devils made some lesser moves, you know, mostly one and two year contract kind of kind of stuff. Um, yeah, it's just it's just a, a dizzying amount. The Islanders did sign Engvall to a seven year contract. Um, Mayfield a seven year, so they're locking in some of their guys. Uh, Var- Varlamov a four year contract. Um, a lot, a lot of stuff. Rangers had you know, a bunch of smaller stuff. You're right, a lot of one and two year kind of stuff. Um, just trying to see if anything really stands out. Um, yeah. Just scrolling quickly, just through some of the teams. People we never heard of, right? A lot, a lot of, of them. Guys. I, I know uh, uh, Mark Stahl uh, just signed. I think with the uh, with the uh, the Capitals, Fly- I believe. No Flyers. Flyers wasn't. I'm trying to write for That's yeah. Mark with the C, right? Mark with the C, exactly. Yeah. One of your favorite. Your favorite player. <laughs> I guess he's what he's about 36 or so now. I think. Yeah. My age too. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Divided <laughs> by two. <laughs> Half your age. Half your age. Yeah, no, I mean, again, I don't know a lot of these names either. I've been, you know, All right. a, lot of, a lot of one and two year stuff. I, I saw in today's paper, Roger, the Islanders signed the guy who played for the Rangers, um, Gauthier, who the Rangers had traded to Ottawa. Oh, yeah. The Islanders, it was in today's paper. It's just sort of. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, good, good, energetic kind of guy. Yeah. Yeah. You guys know these names that they're mentioning? Yeah, the guys can't even pronounce these names. That's why I, when Mark asked me about hockey the other day, I texted him and I said, "Hockey has a lot of signings about guys who nobody yeah. heard of," and I put in parentheses, including me. So I'll, I'll let, let Roger handle it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. And I see the Capitals signed that Pacioretty guy used to be on the Canadians' one-year contract. I think he tore his Achilles like yeah. two years in a row or something, but. Yeah. Uh, wow. Uh, I think I think Toronto signed Ty Domi's son. What's his name? Yeah, I heard. Max, Max Domi. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Max Did Domi. see that. Did see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, it's funny about this, too, because, like, the Devils signed some high-scoring guy from Calgary, and my son told me, and I said, I'd never heard of the guy. <laughs> no. I mean, really. I said, the guy scored 30 goals. You know. It is. I, I mean, I find the same way. It's a much less uh, name recognition, I guess, than the, maybe in the when, past. When there were six teams in the league, I knew more players. <laughs> that's, why, that's why hockey never gets respect. They're yeah. always number four out of the four sports. Good sport to watch, too. I mean, more scoring yeah. than soccer, Mark. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Roger. Let's go on to a little baseball stuff, because I know, Stephen, you wanted to talk about July 1st. And Mr. Oh, oh what is it? Bobby Bonilla Day. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Who knows how much he got? <laughs> the closest one. The price is right. <laughs> one, 1. 1.5? 1.17. 1.193248.20. <laughs> That's what I saw. Yeah, 2035, they have to pay him? 2035. But, you know, 1.1, uh, whatever it is... Uh, not a lot of money. <laughs> Back then, when he when he retired, it was a lot of money. But one point one, you know, just that's nothing. These teams, right? But there are there are a lot of players who who get these deferred payments. Um, not only him, he gets the most uh, yeah. publicity every year. This happens, but uh, so be it. You know what I mean? 
you know, I retire and I get money every year for. You don't get one point one million. Got to move the decimal yeah. point a little. I say yes, it came in. Let me put the bank at deposit it. All right, thank you for that. Let's let's move on. So, um, what happened? You know, here's a little thing to uh, if you want to play a little game here uh, with uh, Domingo Armand's perfect game. Can you name? as many as you can of the last 10 perfect games in baseball. And it goes back to 1998. Felix Hernandez. He was the one before. Bob Browning. No Browning. Coney, uh, Browning, Browning pitched a perfect game, but he's not the Mark, top. Oh. Mark Humber. Humber. Humber was number four. Who else? Wells and Cohn. Wells and Cohn. Cohn and yeah. nine and ten. Hmm. Well, there was Hall- Halliday uh, versus Roy Florida. Roy Matt Cain, the Giants. Most of them are lesser known guys, I think, Mark. Yeah. Well, Matt Cain. Matt Cain was a big name for yeah, the Matt Giants. Yeah. He must have got hurt and he fell off the earth. Dallas Braden, remember when he came up and hit that game? Yeah, Braden. That, that was 2010, Mark Burley. In two thousand nine, and Randy Johnson in two thousand and four. Wasn't Mark Burley's game? Then was in that guy made that great catch against. I don't remember, but Kenny Rogers, Dennis Martinez, Tom Browning, Mike Witt, Lenny Bark, Len Barker, Catfish Hunter. That's how far back this goes. Sandy Koufax, Jim Bunning, in '64, and before that, Don Lawson. So '56, only one in the World Series, yeah. A Charles yeah. Robertson, never heard of him. That's how far back they go. Addie Joss. Turn of the century. Die Young. John yeah. Richmond and John Ward. Those are perfect games. Only 24. Okay. The All-Star Game is on Tuesday. Be sure to watch it. The Home oh, yeah. Derby is on Monday. And uh, Fred, do you want to comment? Yeah, I want to ask a question, but a perfect game. If anybody knows this rule, you know, it's a, no hits, no runs, no errors. But what happens if a Foul ball is dropped, and it's an error on say on the catcher, and that's the only error. Is that considered still a perfect game? Yeah, if he doesn't get on, yeah, right? I think so. So you really can't say no runs, no hits, no errors. Seven up, twenty-seven down. Yeah, that's a good one. What about Harvey Haddix's one? But he didn't. That went twelve innings, right, Mark? And he didn't win. <laughs> he lost. He lost the thirteen. I don't know. I'm sorry to see that uh, that, that uh, uh, what's his name won't be in the game. Trout won't be in the game. Judge won't be. Judge in the won't game. be in the game. Juan yeah. Franco got in because these guys got hurt, which I think is a, a sin. He should have been. Otani's not going to pitch. Otani's not going to pitch. Is he going to bat? Sounds I like so. Yeah, he's in the stats. That'd be it for him. Yeah, it's probably Mark. Yeah, who's your pick for the home run derby? Some of these names I don't understand. Adley Rutschman is going to be in the home run derby. Lewis Rob, yeah. Adolis Garcia from the Rangers, Randy Arazarina, Julio Rodriguez, Vlad Guerrero Jr., who puts on the show. Pete Alonso, of course, is back and going to be in there. Mookie Betts. Yeah. Yeah. Alonso in it? Alonso's in it? Alonso. Yeah. Alonso, yeah. yeah, he is. Wow. Kershaw's out. Yeah. McClanahan. Supposed to be the Saw Young winner, halfway mark. Yeah. You know, Alvarez on the Astros also out. So uh, 
I'm getting yeah, Kershaw's out. I'm getting worried about the um, the Oakland A's and the Kansas City Royals because they keep winning some games here and there. They have 25 <laughs> wins right now. I don't want them to get 40, but I think they're going to get them. Yeah, they're going to just a little over. Yeah, I, think. Yeah, I think they, they will. It. They get it because it's. I think they will. You know, they're beyond the halfway mark. They're going to get it. Outdo the 1960s. They go on the new Chapman got traded. Roldis Chapman got traded to the Rangers, which I think is a good trade for him. He's still got something left in the tank, doesn't he? Threw the ball over 100 miles per hour on TV the other day. Padre said goodbye to Nelson Cruz. They're not winning. Amazing. You know, another team that was expected to go pretty far. Yeah, they're like and, the Mets. Uh, who's now the oldest player in baseball? If Nelson Cruz is gone. Let's think. Yeah. I don't know. He's forty-three. Adam Wayne. Adam Wainwright. Forty-one. Could be. I don't know. That's something for you, Gerald, to find out who's the oldest player in baseball. Right? No, might, be, might be Adam Wainwright. Adam Wainwright. Yeah. yeah. And, and is Ronald, should everyone give the MVP to Ronald Acuna right now? First yeah. player in Major yeah. League history to have 40 steals, 20-plus home runs, runs, 50 RBIs before the All-Star break. And, it, and and earlier, he was the only player, I think I used as a trivia question, 30 home runs, 30 steals in the team's first 70 games. So yeah. he's... Well, the breaks... Braves are flying. They don't lose. What a great player. They lost, they lost the other night. Anybody see, anybody yeah, see to play with? Anybody see to play with a? You know, with a lost. The guy thrown out at the plate. Yeah, it was a against Cleveland. Yeah, yeah. see that. But a rare, a rare loss. You have an answer for us, uh, Rich Hill. Oh, oh Rich Hill. Yeah, right. Rich Hill. Yeah. yeah. He's easy to hit against. <laughs> Sure, get up there and hit it against him. <laughs> he no. must have some success. Um, in football, speeding up along here, JJ Watt, uh, 34 years old only, he's going to join the CBS sports uh, uh, team, you know, for the pregame and the postgame with James Brown, Coach Cowa, Sims, Boomer. Nate Burleson. So he's going to be part of that squad. Very good for me. Retired. He's gone. Uh, a couple of players were suspended for gambling. Yeah. Isaiah Rogers, you heard of these guys? Rashad Berry? Him I heard of. Yeah. On the Colts, um, Demetrius Taylor. Indefinite suspensions, at least for the entire season. One season. And of course, the uh, the Colts waved those guys, said bye bye. And uh, what? Oh, Titans running back Hassan Haskins, charged with aggravated assault by strangulation. Strangulation, soda. <laughs> Booked, but later released, <laughs> posting ten thousand dollars. You want him on the team? No, that's tough love. I don't know. And San Diego State, who we thought was going to go to the um, the Pac-12, yeah, to stay in the Mountain West. Why? Uh, July July first, they had to pay a certain amount if they paid. Oh, get out! Right. First, they had to pay double. They never. They didn't pay. They decided to stay, um, and they're still going to stay in the Mountain West at least for this year. 
Interesting. I definitely thought they were going to Pac-12. Um, any of you, anybody on the screen? Did you, anyone see the championship game of the World U.S. Football League? No. No. Why? Why? <laughs> Birmingham Stallions win for the second year in a row. Dynasty. Dynasty. They, Dynasty. Beat, they beat the Pittsburgh Maulers. You no, know, we got a dynasty growing in Alabama. But nobody watched, huh? Nobody watched. Nobody cares. And did you hear that the, the swamp, the uh, the football field, University of Florida, is going to go through a $400 million makeover? Yeah. Uh, they hired an architect for the revamp. Um, they say it won't be a band-aid band -aid job. They're going to really do some interesting things there and that yes. when that stadium first opened in 1930 who's paying started at 22,000 now it's up to 90,000 i wonder how how, how much they're going to uh, expand that if they if they do that well meanwhile in the canadian football league cuz you know they started their season yeah and they, their games are on tv too if you have yeah. the cable channels and you see the the higher numbers there they put, they've only played three games so far, as of when I wrote this down, I guess over the weekend. And they posted the standings in the Saturday Post, and they had the Ottawa team at 1 and 12. Wow. <laughs> but of course, it was a typo. But can you imagine if you're a fan? Yeah. What do I mean? What do you mean giving us 12 losses already? <laughs> 12 losses in three games. <laughs> Amazing. Any guys watch the Wimbledon on uh, on TV? Yeah, this nope. afternoon. Yeah. Wimbledon. You been watching? A little bit. Yeah. A lot of rain. <laughs> a lot of rain. Oh yeah, there was rain earlier. Yeah. yeah. The the favorites so far are winning. Most of the favorites. The yeah. U.S. Yeah. U.S. That Coco Golf is how do you pronounce her name? She lost the first round to another American, Sophia Kennan. Right. Coco. Right. Yes, that was yesterday. Yeah. 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 Venus Williams. She was there. She, she lost. lost. She, she yeah, got she hurt. Had an injury she injury her knee. Winning in three nothing yeah. in the opening match, but fell on the grass yes, and yes, knee. knee injury. Yeah, exactly. She the play and right. she lost to a Ukrainian. How about that? Yeah, that's right. Dolina. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So watch yeah. it. It should be fun. You know, I, I, I say check the grass out this first week. <laughs> it looks yeah. nicely nice grass, but in in a week or so, all that grass is going to be scuffed down. To, to dirt you'll see how that is um july 20th there's going to be the women's world cup i bet you didn't know that or did you yes. usa won the world <clears throat> won the world cup in 2019 and four years early in 2015. did you hear what uh, the brazilian superstar how do you pronounce it neymar yeah find 3.3 million dollars instead of this one for violating environmental rules in a city outside of Rio de Janeiro. He's accused of building an artificial lake at his mansion. <laughs> you have money, you can do whatever you wanted to, right? But he could do whatever he wanted to. He built a lake and he got fined because there were local rules. He didn't, uh, maybe he didn't follow the, uh, the paperwork. Interesting, and the World Cup and the World uh, Tour de France. Tour de France has begun. Anybody watching that? Anybody care about that? Yeah, it started in Spain. It started in Spain. Correct. They've had 
today was the sixth stage. Every day is a stage. I think it's 20 or 21 stages, right? And uh, no Americans uh, in the in the hunt there. But uh, if you like racing, you know, bicycle racing. Uh, they, they continue the, the ban on Bob Baffett, the horse racing trainer, ban at Churchill Downs. It was extended till 2024. Initially, he was suspended from in 2021 for two years. Two years went by. Derek, remember, it's Churchill Downs, not the uh, any other place. And they extended his suspension for uh, the the steroids that, he, that supposedly he was giving the um, the horses, the horses. And uh, there was a boxing death. Can you guys hear about that one? I never heard of this guy. Antoine Eccles? Echels? Anybody? No. He, he lost twice to Bernard Hopkins, who was a champion. He lost twice in title fights. He's 51 years old. He died from complication from diabetes. So as I finish my black and white cookie here, you know I'm diabetic. Right. <laughs> Moderation, bro. Better watch what I'm doing here. Dosage. It's only. Uh, ESPN fired or laid off Jeff Van Gundy, which they said is just terrible that they let him go. It is. Yeah. Johnson, uh, Jalen Rose, Max Kellerman, Susie Colba. I guess to save money. I don't know. But Jeff Van Gundy, someone's going to pick him up, right? Anybody watch the Nathan's hot dog eating contest the other day? You had to see that. <laughs> the road at the time. Joey Chestnut. Mark. Joey Chestnut. Not a sport. Joey Chestnut. Mickey Sudo. Yeah, the woman. Yeah. The woman. Not a world record, but <laughs> 39. Yeah. I think he did 62. He had, what, 60 what? 62, I think. 62. Yeah. How many you gotta eat the buns too, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes two of them take it out and they like dunk both in. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I had a tremendous beard, a black beard, but he's like was wasn't one of the favorites, so they didn't show him. I wonder what that would look like with the the hot dog and the bun all over his beard, but they didn't show him at all. Really anyway, appetite, Mark. <laughs> I have to watch that every year. Joe, did you see the article in the paper about it the other day? They had wow. some other things like he like he ate a hundred and some odd hard boiled eggs and some other some of asparagus. I forget those some crazy numbers. So they 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 do work during the <laughs> only in America, right, Mark? It's a whole circuit eating eat across America. Right, right, right. Gerald, what do you got in the Mogad trivia? Two things: Can we celebrate Cart no longer being on WFAN? And the second thing is. Um, the Met broadcast that was on ESPN the other day, I thought it was horrible. Michael Caine right. and A-Rod dominated. Oh, I, I turned the voice off and listened to <laughs> Howie Rose and company. And can we, can, and can we pray? Can we, and we, and can we praise the Yankees for what they do with with this Hope Week thing? That it, that is really a, a great thing that, that that they do. I mean, my, my son was telling me because he had. Happens to know Sarah Lang's personally, oh, yes. and, he, and he says what, what, what they really do every, every year with that. Should they, I mean, yeah. they should really be applauded for yes. the efforts that they, their players and their whole team does. Yeah, yeah, that's great. And they had Hamlin, the uh, the uh, the yeah, 
a little bill uh safety um and the other day with sarah langs and the als i mean that's terrible. 29 years old or 30 years old yeah. very good thank you all right let's go on to trivia questions can, can i get one last note Mark. in Mark, oh, before we get to trivia. Right. so if you follow american male soccer you know the uh, world cup team and so on You'll know that one of the better known players on the team is a guy named Christian Polisic. Uh, he's uh, playing with Chelsea, or he has been playing with Chelsea, but he's never made it really in the Premier League in England. He played part time. He's a, he's a scorer. He's a forward and uh, has a great kick, but uh, doesn't seem to have sufficient uh, moves to get free and get his kicks in. So now uh, AC Milan of the Italian La Liga, whatever it's called down there, uh, are after him and trying to acquire him from Chelsea. There's somebody else who's nosing in there, but it looks like Polisic will move uh, into uh, Italy, away from England, and uh, he'll still be uh, one of the top players on the American team. That's a different league, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You go watch him, see how well he does. I mean, the Premier League is the number one league. Right in uh, right. all of all the whole world of soccer. So saying that he hadn't made it big in the Premier League is not exactly uh, a condemnation, but it does indicate he's not quite up there. And they do, they, they do pay them nicely too, don't they? They do. They do. All right, let's do trivia. Milton, you're first. Well, in 1964, there was only one Cy Young award given out. There weren't two for each league. Can you name the 1964 uh, Cy Young winner? He had 11 shutouts and 15 complete games. Bob Gibson. Bob, Bob, Jim Bunning. No. No. Jim Bunning. No. Mike McCormick. No. Nope. He also um, was the youngest one to win a Cy Young until Dwight Gooden did it later on. Hmm. 23 years old. He won it. Started on my that's what I would have guessed. I saw him pitch uh, in high school. He had something like eight no hitters in one season for high school from Ohio. Milton Wally Bunker. No. Dean Chance. Dean Chance is the answer. Oh, right. He said Ohio. I remember he was from Ohio. Dean Chance yeah. is, the, is the answer. So young. Oh. Yeah, I remember watching him pitch. He, he pitched for the Mets. He, he pitched for the Mets briefly yeah. in 1970. He was an also. angel, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. But he, uh, and then he won another, I think, Cy Young uh, with the Twins when he was traded. He pitched with Paul Bedinsky on the Angels. Yeah, the Angels. And then was traded to the Twins. He won right. the Cy Young? I'm not sure about that. Yeah, he did. He did? Yeah. Yeah, I remember. I didn't know the second one. Oh. Let's go on. Thank you for that. Um, all right. Uh, Michael, then Gerald, then Fred. Okay. <laughs> this one, he is the only Major League Baseball player in history to produce seven straight seasons with a 300 average, 20 home runs, 100 RBIs, 100 runs, and 100 walks. Lou Gehrig and Ted Williams and Jason Biambi are the only other players to have four straight. This guy has seven straight, and he did it between 1991 and 1997. And if you're ready, I'll give you a hint. 
Yeah, give us a hint. <laughs> he was just let go as a commentator on, I think, Fox. Crickets. I don't know. <laughs> I Bernie Williams. Uh, football. Uh, baseball. I don't know. Who do you play for? He played for, wow. <laughs> I don't remember who he played for, actually. Very nice. No. What's his name? His initials are FT. And I'll give you a hint. Frank, Frank Thomas. Thomas. Frank Thomas. Frank Thomas. I was going to say, uh, yeah. I met had the same name. <laughs> Okay. Right. Right. Giving it away, right? Ah, so he, he, Big hurt. Big yeah. hurt. That's, That's why he's a Hall of Famer. If you didn't know. Hall of Famer, right? He's yeah. Hall of Famer. Yeah. All right, Gerald and Fred. What MLB team scored the most runs in the biggest blowout game in a nine inning game in the modern era post 1900? <laughs> Texas Rangers, 30 to 3. Very good. Wow. Is that right? And what was unusual about that game? A guy got a save because he pitched three innings of relief. <laughs> okay, I got one. When, when, when Pete Rose bowled over Ray Fossey in the All-Star game, I think it was 1970, whatever year it was. Yeah. Who was the hitter who got the base hit that he was running on? Uh, wow. Thank Lawrence, Lawrence Gaston. No. Willie no. Mays. He, really? He, he was an ex-Met. He played for the Mets, but was not a Met at the time. He's a kid. What year was, what year was this? I'll give, you a, I'll give you another hint. He was an original Met. Oh? Jim Hickman? That's right. Jim Hickman. Wow. I think he was playing for the Cubs at the time. He made an all-star team, Jim Hickman. How about that? Yeah, 1970. I think he was with the Cubs, if my memory is right about that. I think you're right. He wasn't an original man. He played that first year. He was not on the original. Uh, no, he, when I say when I say original man, I mean original man that he played in the first year. He was on the team. The first year, right? He was on a team opening day. He was original man. I don't think he was on the team opening I day. I do. I do. I think he was. We'll double check on that. that up. Let, let Gerald look, look it up. Before, Mark, look it up. <laughs> Gerald, could... look that up, all right? But I'll come back. Jim Hickman. Oh, Jim, was Jim Hickman an original Met? Played the first year, but see, what? Never mind. So here's my question: Name the top five father-son combos with the most home runs. Father-son Bonds, the, the, the Griffies, Aaron's, Blues. No. Who's two? Griffey. Griffey's. Griffey number two with Ken and his, his son, well, father and son, seven, Guerrero. 782. Guerrero. Guerrero is number four and counting because uh, Junior's still playing. So they're over 560. Two more. Father, son. The fielder, fielders, the bonds, the bonds, Prince. They're in third place with six hundred and thirty-eight. So Guerrero has about fifty more to catch up to the fielders. And the the bonds. Did, did you mention the bonds? You mentioned the bonds. Felipe and Moises. Yes, thirty-eight are in fifth place. All right. Who else? Another one. Uh, okay, Fred. Okay, there are two current major league players whose grandfathers played Major League Baseball 
but their fathers did not. So they skip a generation. Boom. That's a good one. The Boone's play. Oh, active active players today, whose fought, grandfathers played in the major leagues, but their fought, but their fathers did not. So they skipped the generation. Wow. Interesting. Best of Gene. No, one I think you should be fairly obvious. We don't know. More. Give us a hint. Okay. How about Yastrzemski? Yastrzemski is one, right? Mike Yastrzemski, that's the one. And the other one, I didn't know about to the other day until I saw a highlight. His father, his grandfather played for the Cubs. He is currently on the Houston Astros. And the other hint, his grandfather, besides being a, playing 16 years in the major leagues, was a college basketball standout in college. Oh, the pitcher, Ferguson Jenkins. Are you going to take it? Ferguson Jenkins. The, the, the oh. grandfather's initials are DK. Oh. DK. Shortstop for the Cubs for 16 years. Don Kessinger. John Kessinger. Don Kessinger. His, grand, his grandson is named Gray Kessinger. He's oh, on the Astros. Fox score the other day. I said he must be a. He must. I, I, I didn't know it until they said it. They showed a highlight of him hitting a home run or something. <laughs> and they mentioned that his, uh, that's who his grandfather was. I saw his name, and Joel I was Kessinger. saying he must be related somehow. <laughs> yeah, All right. First baseball, Don Kessinger model. <laughs> yeah. Two, was two also, things. And then the grandfather was in Mississippi. He was a great college basketball player. And a player manager. Oh, he was? Yeah. That I didn't realize. Puppies. Yeah, they're, uh, two things. Jim Hickman was on the Mets in 1962. Yes. He had 453 plate appearances, so he, he was an original yes. Met. Was. Um, uh, okay, here's one. Ask him their original top 20, that original roster at 25 people. I don't think he was on the top 25. That first year, they were switching every week, new people. I see something online that says, in the 1961 expansion draft, he was selected by the New York Mets becoming an original Met. That's what it says. And corrected. corrected. <laughs> I'm going to do a little correct. more investigating on that. <laughs> we go off the air. Right. on how to define original men, I guess. All right. Uh, the New York Yankees single season strikeout leaders of all time. Number one is Ron Guidry with 248. Number two is Jack Chesbro in 1904. Cool. Who was number three? Alan yeah, Red Red Ruffing, Allie Reynolds, Red Ruffing, Garrett Cole. Who? Cole. Cole is the answer, right? Garrett Cole, Cole with 237 in 2021. That's right. He'll be in an old timers game. Late. He will. He will be. All right. Who else? Uh, all right, Stephen. What was unique about the first night game at Ebbets Field? No lights. <laughs> that would be crazy. Before the sun goes down, <laughs> it was a historic game. Was it a no hitter? No hitter. Yes, it was. Really? Uh, the Vandermeer? Johnny Vandermeer's second game. Yep. Really? They have that's a playing night game, so the guy does that the first game. Couldn't, couldn't see the ball. <laughs> that's a good excuse. Gerald, can. Fred, you have to know this. What NHL ice hockey team? Scored the most points during the biggest blowout in NHL history. The most points? You mean most points in a, in a season? No, no. 
Oh, let me read again. What in a, one what NHL ice hockey team scored the most points during the biggest blowout game in NHL history? Oh, oh the most goals. Goals. Oh, I don't know. I don't... Montreal, Montreal Canadiens. Okay, Montreal. should I give you the answer? Yes. Canadians. No. Toronto. 19... Toronto. 1944. Thank you. Oh, I <laughs> The Detroit Red, Red Wings Red beat the Wings, New York uh, Rangers 15 to 0. Had to be the Rangers. <laughs> no, any, Jerry, any hat tricks that game? <laughs> How many hat tricks that game? I don't know, Mike. <laughs> 15 individual people scored goals. Oh. <laughs> Could be. Yeah, that, Gerald. Okay, one more. Name the NBA team to score the most points in a blowout record game. It happened in 2000. (laughs) NBA happened in 2021. December 2nd, to be precise. No one's ever scored 200 points, right? Uh, No. I think there was was an overtime, triple overtime game that may have been the 170s or 180s. Well, this this is the biggest what? blowout differential. Oh, but blowout differential. differential. Oh, oh, oh. 80. Huh? 50. No. <laughs> Not one. What? The 40? No. I wouldn't know. In the 70s. Oh, wow. So what is it? Numbers are on trivia. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What's your answer? Memphis, Memphis Grizzlies beat Oklahoma oh. City Thunder 152 to 79. Wow. Right, they almost doubled them. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Which relief pitcher had the most saves after the age of 43? Now, remember, they didn't always uh, had that as a statistic, right? Well, the answer is Hoyt Wilhelm. He had 61 after the age of 43. Hmm. Hoyt Wilhelm. You remember him, right? Wilhelm, right? Didn't right. he know what's that? And uh, Mark, one more Wilhelm. How did he hold his head when he pitched? With a cock. Right. head, not a cock. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Didn't he know hit the Yankees? Yeah. No, he pitched for the hey, Orioles. Hit the Yankees. Yeah. No hit the, the Yankees, cock. Mike, I think once. That's an Oriole. I think he did. Who's that? He know the Yankees. Started. You know? yeah. I'm, I'm pretty didn't sure he knows the Yankees once. Yeah. Did, didn't Gus Triandos <laughs> introduce the oversized mitt to catch his, his uh, knuckleball? Yeah. Gus Triandos. That's great. right. Yeah. Great name. That's a great baseball. Former Yankee. Yeah. That's right. We've got a couple more. We've really gone as far as we can. Do one, two more questions. We had a call of the day. Two more questions. <laughs> Question, Who had the most steals in the NBA career? Stockton, no. No, John the NBA. Most Bob Cousy. No. Wolf Frazier. No, that's what Wolf I feel. Like Frazier. No, not Frazier. Not John Stockton? John Stockton. Mark, so I said John Stockton. All right. right. We'll close on this one here. And it's another, a multiple thing. I got to check these off. Name, there are 12 sports teams mm. that could be the, the four yeah. major sports 
named after birds. Orioles. Cardinals, Orioles. Blue Jays. There are two Cardinals. Go ahead. Blue Jays, Orioles. Blue Jay, Blue Jay. Hawks. Blue Jays. Seahawks. Seahawks. Hawks. Hawks. Falcons. Falcons. The Super Hawks. Super Hawks. Black Hawks. Blackhawks. That's an Indian tribe. How about the Ravens, Mark? The Ravens. 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 Good, good, good. There are two Cardinals. We said that. We got them all. Cardinals. Eagles. Eagles. Good. You have. I'm missing three more. Three more. Uh, Is the penguin a bird? A penguin. Yeah. Yeah, Two more. Two more. Blue jackets. No, no bird. Blue jackets. I got a bird in the blue jacket. One team (laughs) plays in. New Orleans. Pelican. Oh, Pelicans. 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 Trump team plays in Los Angeles. Los Angeles? Hockey. The Dodger Bird. What's the where the Ducks play? Mighty Ducks, Anaheim. Ducks, where they play? Anaheim. Close enough. All right, guys. Thank you for uh, uh, 50 minutes worth of sports today. Yeah. And I hope this is the longest podcast in history, I think. I, right? the longest, this is the longest. I'm going to be shut off if I don't stop talking. The, long, <laughs> the longest <laughs> day. Fun. The longest day is right. Have a great yeah. weekend. I hope you enjoyed our you guest today. And uh, I'm going to thank him, of course. Trying and, to beat the heat. And you guys were a good, a good audience for him. Jerry, I'll see you in Shul, right? We'll see Absolutely. you yeah. and next right. week for show number, what is it, 167. Yeah. <laughs> and Joe, good luck in your testimony. Okay? Yes, good luck, Joe. Bye, guys. Good luck, Joe. One set of tabs Bye. down, one to go. Got it, Joe. Well, you're doing the tabs. I had to do the liquid. Take care. Right. We'll see you. I did too. Bye. This is the first Bye. time. Take care. Bye. 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 Bye